I'm Carol Galletta, and this is Night Cities. What's your walk score? That's the question that has become increasingly popular among urbanists since the founding of WalkScore seven years ago. Now, real estate agents prominently display the number on their listings, knowing the value it adds to their properties. Matt Lerner was WalkScore's original chief technology officer and is now vice president of local engineering at Redfin, the company that purchased WalkScore in October of last year. For those who don't know, Matt, explain WalkScore and what it measures. WalkScore measures how walkable an address is. So you can go to walkscore.com, type in your address, and we give you a score between 0 and 100 that measures whether or not you can do your daily errands without a car. And we call any score above a 90 a walker's paradise because you don't need a car to do your daily errands. You developed WalkScore when? WalkScore launched in 2007, and it's a great story because we built a prototype of the website. I emailed about 20 people for feedback, and the next day we had 150,000 unique visitors on the site, and we didn't know if anyone cared about this walkability thing, and since then it's really grown into a mainstream phenomenon. And you've expanded the idea now to include bike score and transit score. Maybe there's more, but I know of those two. Are they calculated in similar ways? Yeah, we have a walk score that measures how close you are to the people and places you love. We have a transit score that measures how well your location is served by public transit. And we have a bike score that measures how bikeable your location is. And one interesting thing about biking is that it's very aspirational. So even though not that many Americans are really biking to work every day right now, it's something that people aspire to do, and it's one of the many transportation choices that make a city great. For example, in Seattle, our new bike share program just opened last month. I know that realtors have picked up WalkScore, and they're using it to sell houses, and they're using it to add value to houses. Are you seeing the same kind of pickup with transit score and uh, bike score? Yeah, we're showing over 20 million of our scores every day. And to me, you know, WalkScore is a mission-driven business where our mission is making walkability, public transit, transportation options, and short commutes part of how people think about where to live. And so the fact that so many real estate sites out there, we now have more than 30,000 real estate sites that are using WalkScore data. Uh, The fact that that many sites are showing more than 20 million scores a day just helps me feel like we're reaching a lot of people with this message about all the benefits of living in a walkable neighborhood. What's the biggest complaint you get about your scores, your walk score, your bike score, your transit score. Where do people, people must say, oh, but you forgot to calculate this, or why don't you include that? It's very interesting. If you're from the real estate industry, if we say a house is an 84, they say, great, that house has a walk score of 84. When I go to talk to urban planners, they love to talk about all of the different uh, variations of methodologies they could imagine. So, you know, we'll have a talk for an hour with the transportation planner about, you know, should bus rapid transit count the same as a light rail uh, line nearby? How do you weigh those two things off? And really what our goal was is to make this information simple enough that people can use it to make a decision when they're looking for a place to live. So, The great thing about WalkScore is we've quantified that old real estate cliche, location, 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 and you can use it to say, well, this house has a 90, but this other house has a 75. What's the difference? Oh, I can't walk to a coffee shop. 
What is it you would like to measure that you can't measure because the data aren't available? We just started keeping track of historical data in a way that will let us see which neighborhoods are becoming most walkable the fastest. So in the future, we'll be able to do things like say, you know, here are the top 10 neighborhoods in the U.S. that have become most walkable. And so seeing that change over time will be really interesting. And that's something we just started doing. I love that, of course. Do you have any theories about what will turn a neighborhood quickly? Well, we get asked by cities a lot, how can we make our city more walkable? And the easiest way to make your city more walkable is to put more people in the places that are already walkable. And so it's a, you know, it's, it's a very simple way to describe mixed-use development. What we like to show on walkscore.com is even big, largely unwalkable cities have walkable neighborhoods. I grew up in Kansas. So you look at Kansas City, if you go to walkscore.com and type in Kansas City, you can actually see some very walkable neighborhoods. And if you can build more housing in those neighborhoods that are already walkable, that's the fastest way to increase your walk score. Yeah, it's a great point. That must be the fastest way. I would think also you could look at introducing sensitive mixed use, uh, sensitive commercial into residential neighborhoods. Yeah, we like to say that if everyone in America could walk to a coffee shop, it'd be a very different country. Yeah. What is it about walk score in particular, but, but the other scores that you've calculated, that you, you think has given them such take up? I mean, you talked about the number of views you got immediately. You talked about the number of real estate sites that use your, your scores to uh, communicate value about particular properties. What is it about the scores that make them so popular? I think it's that we had decades of suburban development after World War II. And then sometime in the 90s, things started to change. And Chris Leinberger, who's one of my favorite thinkers about this stuff, tells a great story about television shows, where in the 70s and 80s, you had shows like Leave it to Beaver, Eight is Enough, these very suburban kind of family lifestyle shows. And then fast forward to the 90s, you start to have shows like Seinfeld and Friends, these very urban, walkable TV shows. So there's this huge cultural shift underway where millennials want walkable neighborhoods because they're more exciting. They'd rather be on their smartphone than driving a car. And then you have aging baby boomers who want to be able to age in place and not have to move when they can no longer drive. And nobody had really um, been providing that kind of information on real estate websites. And in fact, in the real estate industry, we would hear real estate agents say, this home is very walkable. It is right on the golf course. You can walk to the eighth hole from your backyard. And so there wasn't even a definition of what walkable meant in the real estate industry. And so when we put a number on it, it's part of this big kind of quantify everything movement in technology where people are trying to score how many steps did you take today on your Fitbit or you know your scale tweets your weight it's sort of this quantifying movement and WalkScore quantified uh, location and that unlocks some incredible research like Joe Courtright's study that showed one point of WalkScore is worth about $3,000 in the average American city once you put a number on something it really can unlock um, research and it can unlock um, customer demand because it's useful to people. You can actually use it to compare locations. What's next for WalkScore? We just became part of Redfin, which is um, a, a great, great product for finding 
uh, homes where you can buy or sell. And Redfin is the authority on homes for sale. They have the best home data on the internet. And we know a lot at WalkScore about neighborhoods. So we're very excited to combine Redfin's expertise on buying and selling homes with our neighborhood information. And the vision there is really that when you start your search online for a place to live, you're going to go to a site like redfin.com because they have all the latest home listings. And we want to tell you not only everything about that home, how much it's sold for, um, but we also want to tell you what the what's the neighborhood like? What would it be like to live in that house? And so it's really kind of a technology-first approach to helping people find a place to live where we can combine neighborhood data with the best home data to give consumers the best information about a place to live that's going to meet their lifestyle. Matt, thanks so much for being with us on Night Cities. Thank you, Carol. Always a pleasure to see you. Matt Lerner is Vice President of Local Engineering at Redfin. You can follow us on Twitter at hashtag Night Cities and at C. Coletta. Find out first when new conversations are posted by signing up for our newsletter at knightfoundation.org forward slash features forward slash Night Cities. You've been listening to Night Cities. I'm Carol Coletta.